Warning, the big red explicit tag on this podcast means we say fuck a lot. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by the new non-surgical option for Jewish parents who'd prefer not to mutilate their baby's genitals, but want to believe that they did so they can lie to the grandparents. Ignorance is bris moil service. Looking for a rabbi who's willing to skip the cutting part, but tell you he did it? Then we've got the moils for you. You'd never know it by watching, but we go straight to filleting your newborn without all the superfluous knife stuff. Ignorance is bris. Herpetic blowjobs from old men are much safer without the knife wound on your baby's penis. And now, the scathing atheist. I'm Conrad. I'm Mike. And I'm Wayne. And we're from the Grilled Onions Podcast. And based off of Wayne's chest hair, we did in fact evolve from filthy monkey men. It's Thursday. It's May 19th. And John Horgan smells like a book filled with Thai food. <laughs> I have no illusions. <laughs> I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from cubic zirconium-plated Valdosta, Georgia, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, Canada will sweeten the pot for American pre-Trump refugees. Transgender students in North Carolina will need gas masks and chain mail to take a shit. And we watched Homophobic Up so that you don't have to. But first, the diatribe. John Horgan is a ridiculous asshole that looks like a karate dad whose kids replaced his protein pills with Metamucil as a prank. Now... Unless his mom listens to the show or you were at Nexus, I'm sure you have no idea who that is. But trust me, he's a primo jackass. And somehow he wound up on the speaker list at the Northeast Conference on Science and Skepticism. Very last speaker tucked into the spot on the schedule where something like half of the attendees will already have left. And I'm sure he was all at 20 words into his talk before the organizing committee was regretting giving him even the honorable mention slot. Right, so the title of his talk was Skepticism, Hard versus Soft Targets. And that sounded interesting on its face. But as soon as he started talking, it was obvious where he was going. This was going to be one of those, I know you guys are all here because of X, Y, and Z, but fuck you, I care more about ABC, therefore you're doing it wrong type of tirades. Right? He starts off chastising the skeptical movement for being obsessed with soft targets like homeopathy and Bigfoot instead of zeroing on the really important problems, i.e., his political positions. Now, for what it's worth, this was a three-day skeptical conference, and he was the first speaker to bring up homeopathy or Bigfoot, but whatever. I'll grant him the point that those are two things that skeptics invest their efforts debunking, so he hadn't completely lost me at this point, but then he starts reeling off his hard targets, you know, the things that we should be focused on instead, and this comes in the form of a fucking phalanx of straw men for 30 minutes while the audience just stares at him like his dick is hanging out. He rants a bit about how doctors do too many cancer screenings, and that leads to negative health outcomes, and to his credit, that's almost certainly true. What made it so spectacularly stupid was the idea that skeptics don't talk about that, right? Everyone in the audience knew it, since Dr. Stephen Novella of Skeptics Guide to the Universe fame talks about that shit all the time. You know, one of the most respected leaders of the skeptical movement, and one that every single attendee of Nexus knows and loves, has decried the overuse of cancer screenings for years, and this dumbass is standing there telling us about it like it's some new shit, like he just found the last piece of the Triforce or something. And while we're all still trying to process that, he starts going off on how modern medicine and the pharmaceutical companies are just 
trying to keep everybody sick so they can make more money. And then quick before he descends into full-blown jet fuel, doesn't burn that hot territory. He cuts himself off with what he thought was a rhetorical question. He says, considering all that, can you blame people for turning to alternative medicine? And I say he thought it was rhetorical because I didn't hesitate to answer. I shouted out yes and threw him off his game a bit. Audience laughed a little bit. It's all the encouragement a heckling asshole like me needs. So then he starts going off on science. Just, you know, in general, science, all of it. And what's wrong with science? The fact that Lawrence Krauss's book, A Universe from Nothing, doesn't actually turn the world of physics on his head, of course. And how dare it not be the most influential book about physics in the history of the Earth? And if, if you're trying to wrap your head around why the fuck a person would say that, I'm sorry that I can't help you. I've been wondering the same thing for days now. And then he starts going off on Ray Kurzweil, you know, the guy who thinks he can live a thousand years if he takes 800 vitamins a day and says we're a decade away from synthetic immortality. So for a second, I thought maybe he was going to save his talk after all, right? I, I mean, we can all get behind thrashing Ray Kurzweil, except for the, the whole way he framed it was, and all you guys think Ray Kurzweil is a genius and you listen to everything he says and you all sacrifice your firstborn children at his altar, but you shouldn't and here's why. I mean, he might as well have said, and you guys all think there's a Smurf living in your pocket. But there isn't, and I can prove it. So after he finished crushing all of science underfoot by talking shit about a really smart, crazy guy, he turns to the key issue of his talk, the thing that really bothers him about the skeptical movement. And that final point, I shit you not, was the fact that the skeptical movement had not yet put an end to all geopolitical conflict. And I'm barely exaggerating. His primary issue with skepticism is that it isn't focused on ending wars. So he wraps up his talk, two people clap three times apiece, and Jamie Ian Swiss, the MC, basically comes on with a shepherd's crook to yank this guy off stage. On the way off, he's yelling, if you have problems with it, comment on my blog, you know, revealed the true purpose of his contrived contrarianism. It's all a desperate ploy to drive traffic to his blog, even if it's just going to be a bunch of people demonstrating beyond a doubt that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Now, I've got to say, in the wake of his bloviations, Jamie Ian Swiss launched into a phenomenal rebuttal that won the audience back and really underscored what an idiot he was, starting with a long pause in the word, Oops. You know, it was one of those, it was worth hearing the idiocy just so there could be a rebuttal type of moments. That might have been the single best moment at Nexus. So I'm not going to bother pointing out why virtually everything he said was stupid wrong or not even intelligible enough to be wrong. That's already been done. But I did bring this up for a reason other than just wanting to call this guy an asshole publicly several times. See, there actually is a problem in the skeptical movement that he accidentally touched on. And we have the same problem in the atheist movement. Ideologues see our movement. They see our numbers. They see our passion and they want it for themselves. Right At this point, we're facing a steady barrage of people like this, people who want to pick up our movement or movements and carry them over to whatever their pet issue is. You know, this guy's pet issue was anti-war. And great, look, I'm not a big fan of people getting blown up either, but there's already an anti-war movement. It's a different fucking movement. And many of the people who are in the skeptical movement or the atheist movement are also in the anti-war movement. That doesn't mean either of those other movements should abandon what they're doing and focus on something else. You know, and I'm sure you can all think of multiple examples of this same shit from any number of issues. You know, a lot of people want to hijack the atheist movement for some other purpose. And most of the time, it's like a really important good purpose, right? You know, often there are issues that the majority of us can get behind and will get behind. But that doesn't make them atheist issues. What unites this group is our shared belief that religions are both wrong and harmful. And and many of us might argue that pushing back against religion is anti-war, but that doesn't mean that we should give up fighting church-state separation and train all our guns on religious wars. Before he completely lost his fucking mind, uh, uh, C.J. Werleman was promoting a book about how you can't be an atheist and a conservative. That's fucking insane. Of course you can. And yes, in my experience, the vast majority of movement atheists are liberals, but that's not a prerequisite. I'm happy to welcome in conservatives. 
Shit, I can think of no better way to dilute the religious influence on American politics. And even though I might disagree with you on a lot of really important shit, that doesn't matter when we're teaming up on the shit that we do agree on. And at the same time, I'm happy to welcome in the most bellicose pro-war jingo you can dig up, too. Because if we're fighting together against X, I don't give a shit what you think about Y. And to be fair, look, I recognize this generally comes from a good place, even with John Horgan. I get it. Because we're generally pretty intelligent people. Most of us reasoned our way out of religion along the way. And when we find ourselves in a room full of other people who did the same thing, you know, other intelligent people who share our views on this, it's really easy to look around and think, well, these seem like some pretty smart people. They must also agree with me on all the other shit, right? So it's it's really easy to think that the atheist platform or the skeptical platform should naturally include all the other shit you're passionate about. But it doesn't. And more importantly, it shouldn't. The last thing we want is a bottleneck on the way into the tent. You can disagree with me about LGBT issues or safe spaces or geopolitical issues or economic issues or feminism or presidential candidates or whether agnostic atheist is a meaningful term. None of that prevents us from marching together against RIFRA or or, or coaches leading public school students in prayer. Look, the strength of this movement will always be measured by its diversity. And if you find yourself allied with people that you disagree with, that's a good thing. You know, and if that bothers you, at least you can always comfort yourself with three things we can all agree on. There is no God. Believing otherwise is detrimental to individuals and societies. And John Horgan is a misinformed childish jackass that looks like a high school wrestling coach that's been warned multiple times about long hugs. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Lothario brothers, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you feeling the springtime love in the air? Uh, what's going on? Something's wrong with Noah. He only talks like this at the end of the record, usually. Yeah, you said I couldn't feel my love until after the headlines. I'm wearing the oven. Yeah, yeah, no, you're going to find out in a second. In our lead story tonight, Matt is an awesome guy, and Dee has this crazy notion of spending the only forever she'll ever be afforded with him. And if she were here right now, I'm sure she would lovingly meet Matt's gaze, and she would say, I want to grow with you to become the best me and the best we that we can be together. So knowing that and the fact that becoming her husband would make Dee the happiest person alive, I ask you, Matt, will you marry her? What do you think he said? I, I bet he said yes. I bet he said Better yes. Better fucking say yes, motherfucker. Damn I'll right. bring the pain on that dude, asshole. Dude, you're ruining the whole thing. He probably said yes. Sorry. So, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Do we get to ask for prima nocta? Because we really, really are seriously prima what, nocta. What? What? They're gonna play this for their kids later, and now you ask to fuck one of them? I'll fuck both of them. Okay, and just First to be clear, off, he doesn't mean their kids. Yeah, but, 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 but I mean that this doesn't make it better. You don't mean their kids. Uh, what did we say? What do we always say about this? Don't try to fuck listeners while, while it's being, being recorded. recorded. Exactly. Be- because? Because then you end up like Michael Shermer. Michael Shermer. Exactly. But in all seriousness, a huge congrats to Dee and Matt. We hope you have many years together. And if and when you have kids, maybe skip the part where Eli asked if he got to fuck you at, at the end of that. Or not. See how they turn out. <laughs> <laughs> And in XXXYXO news tonight, President Obama announced on Friday that he would sign an executive order requiring all public schools to allow transgender students to use the bathroom that corresponds to their gender identity. And while there are plenty of humanitarian reasons for this to happen, if I learned he did it just so that we'd have plenty of conservative Christian meltdowns to cover this week, I'd be okay with that, too. Now, I should mention this is an executive order. It's not an imperial fiat, so it wouldn't make it illegal for schools to continue to discriminate against their trans students. But it would threaten the school's federal funding. Yeah, don't want to overreach. I mean, you can still victimize <laughs> fragile children where they spend most of their life at this age. We're just, oh, yeah. we're just not going to pay you for it. You know? 
I love when we persecute Christians. Feels so good on my face. <laughs> right? It's like a cucumber <laughs> blend. Oh. Of course, the unquestionably legal nature of this announced action didn't stop the far right from going full Chernobyl over it. President of the Family Research Council and freeze-dried Willem Dafoe, Tony Perkins, appeared with Fox News' Todd Starnes to accuse the president of, quote, sacrificing children to advance an evil agenda, end quote. And I guess after reminding the Fox audience that child sacrifice is the Hitler of the biblical Godwin's law, he went on to call for impeachment for the doing of his job, and also called for schools across the country to choose bigotry over federal funding of schools. After all, it's only, as Perkins puts it, quote, nine federal pennies that make up every educational dollar, end quote. So, <laughs> way to make $50 billion sound like something you can find in the couch cushions, bro. <laughs> we don't need their money, am I right? Let's do a fundraiser. Fuck, that's a lot of cookie dough. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's like the guy who would choose $54 instead of the exponential ones on the chessboard. <laughs> I gotta like this from an economics perspective though. So, so we're about to find out how much money Christian bigots are willing to steal from children in order to continue being bigots. We and are, pay yes, uh huh. And apparently it's all part of Obama's fun new game called what else can we get them to pay for? <laughs> this is going to be excellent. We also got some champion-level hyperbole out of Virginia pastor, an African-American version of the birds from Labyrinth that tried to pull Jennifer Connelly's head off, E.W. Jackson, <laughs> who penned an op-ed warning that American society was descending into, in his words, moral darkness. <laughs> he looks like he could chop his head off and summon a vulture. <laughs> laser beams. Flame coming this out is of the now exactly. vultures of horror is spoiled. We know he ends up E.W. Jackson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Should have done all 17 movies in a row, guys. No shit. So, of course, he went on to call the Obama administration cultural terrorists, accused them of arresting people for being Christians, and then explained that their goal is, quote, a dictatorship of the sexual proletariat, end quote, <laughs> leading many to wonder what the fuck he thinks proletariat means. Is, I mean, is, it, is the sexual pro proletariat, is that like low-end hookers? I, I, I honestly can't even think of a word that kind of sounds like. That he might have meant. <laughs> I think he's pretty sure it's a seafood stew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it was Karl Marx who said that we'll never have equality until the sex workers rise up and take over. Oh. So it's probably a reference to that. <laughs> Must have missed that one. Of course, Perkins and Jackson's tirades were utterly eclipsed by that of American Family Association spokesman when they're not trying to bring Republican congressmen on trips, Brian Fisher, who not only called for the president's impeachment, but also called for the state of Texas to secede from the union over the threat of whatever they think trans people do in bathrooms no please don't you won't you won't no way we'd be so lost without your barbecue yeah, sauce no and shit and in eli only gets two more wishes news tonight canadian health minister and man with balls so big they need their own ugg boots as he walks eric hoskins tabled a bill last thursday that would require parents seeking moral and religious exemption from vaccination to know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm having trouble seeing how those two traits can simultaneously exist in, yeah, in one human. What would that even mean? That It's like giving a math test to people before they buy a lottery ticket and then selling them the ticket anyway when they fail the yeah, math Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nothing. Oh, really? None of that? Okay, well, here you go. 
good luck. <laughs> You're hopeless. The bill, which comes in response to 600 students being suspended for incomplete slash out-of-date vaccinations, outbreaks of whooping cough and measles, and of course, a recent survey that suggested that nearly a third of Canadian parents believe that vaccinations can cause the diseases they're designed to prevent, <sighs> proves that all those people who keep tweeting at me are right and that exposure kills bad ideas. <laughs> well, of <laughs> course. It, guys. Yeah, otherwise we'd still have Christianity and Islam. So. <laughs> this is so Canada. Isn't like, it? Denying your child vaccinations and then letting them die of measles is possibly one of the most polite methods of filicide I can think of. <laughs> and possibly the most polite government response to filicide I can think of is showing those people a movie first. Yeah, right. Sorry, right. sorry, my kid's dying. Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Sorry. Here, watch this movie. Sorry. <laughs> However, all is not lost for parents who really only want their kids for a little while. After going through the course, parents will still be allowed to expose their child and others to long dead pathogens. So oh, good. no worries. While it seems if the bill passes that parents will be forced to get their information from someone other than celebrities who haven't had someone say no to them in too long and a Facebook group that will also sell you coconut oil, they don't have to listen. And that's what's important. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> And in target practice news tonight, in order to protect against all the transgender female rapists expanding their operation into the girls' room if North Carolina's HB2 gets repealed, the Board of Education at the Rowan Salisbury School District has decided to allow students to carry weapons into the building like pepper spray and razors. Razors? Yeah, um, they haven't yet approved guns or explosives, but they're still considering what else should be permissible. They haven't closed the door. Now you gotta be Beatrix kiddo to take a shit? Congratulations, North Carolina. You have managed to do stuff now that was too fucked up for Mississippi during school integration. You are literally breaking new boundaries of bigotry here. <laughs> Who are those two teenage heroes at Columbine? Can we base our school policy on them? <laughs> Basically it. Yeah, so uh, here's some of the reasoning behind their new school weapons policy, which is a thing that they have that doesn't say no <laughs> weapons in school, right? Because these are crazy people. For example, board member Chuck Hughes finished watching transgender porn on his phone and then explained, quote, <laughs> It may be a pretty valuable tool to have on the female students if they go into the bathroom, not knowing who may come in, end quote. Yeah, Chuck, the answer is other female students, but uh, yeah, right. not your version of female, so taser, I get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when he says pretty valuable tool on female students, he is not talking about a beautiful penis. <laughs> he means weapons to stab and blind yeah, those yes, people. Yes, exactly. And look, you know, if there was a school in North Carolina that wanted to let a trans girl carry pepper spray because of all the violent bigotry their laws were ginning up, I might be sympathetic, but holy shit, you're going to take one of the groups at highest risk of random violence in this country and tell people to arm themselves in case they see one pissing. Quick, well, I can't get away, y'all. Yeah, I'm so mad about this, I have to say it as Ben Carson. <laughs> you see, this is the problem with allowing hateful rhetoric. It's that you don't have control over the behavior you inspire. That's why when someone says we shouldn't quote-unquote accommodate trans people and some fucktard school board hears that, let's gear up like the warriors, it was probably better for that person not to have a platform, don't you think? I'm Ben Carson and I look like someone took a shit in a cotton candy 
I'm sorry. I just needed it's a comedy show. Yeah, it would have been too much rage otherwise. I get it. I get it. And uh, one other uh, apparently convincing argument came from board member Travis Allen. Oh, this was so good. Who pointed out that allowing weapons into buildings full of children shouldn't be a problem for anyone because we're already doing that. That's not fair. I'm not actually a weapon. Just dangerous for children. And the, <laughs> exactly. and the, the pills are helping. <laughs> And then uh, Mr. Allen did what I can only assume was a really annoying, physically invasive martial arts demonstration of all the sweet moves he knows that would allow a cis girl to incapacitate a trans girl rapist with simple classroom objects. Karate hate crime. Karate hate crime. <laughs> exactly. It gets all winded. Examples included a Windex spray bottle and a laptop computer. What? Point being, we were already allowed to attack trans girls with weapons. So adding a couple new ones should be no big deal. Well, in his defense, that, that kind of reasoning has worked as a national foreign policy for decades, so I can see <laughs> why he hasn't realized there's a problem with it. And in DHAB news tonight, a mentally ill Iowa man is recovering from a suicide attempt after learning that despite his pastor's assurances to the contrary, loving Jesus was not a sufficient substitute for taking his anxiety medication. At the urging of his pastor, 26-year-old Alex Jacobson checked into a faith-based program that promised to cure his mental illness with Bible study and dietary supplements. And as a bonus, they elected to also cure him of his addiction to the drugs that real doctors had prescribed to him. Ooh, and if you act now, we'll take you off the life-saving medication you so desperately need <laughs> exactly is that bonus or do they throw that in for free <laughs> call in the next 10 minutes and we'll throw in a free in-home consultation with courtney love <laughs> send her right over okay your turn first <laughs> <laughs> now as soon as i said faith-based treatment i think we all knew that i was talking about negligent and dangerous fraud yeah faith-based <laughs> is to negligence as dog on the bed is to not getting laid Duh. exactly uh, well, disagree but, but I, I, get, what <laughs> get what you're saying about the depends negligence. on the amount of peanut butter that you brought with you but i would venture to say that this program in particular is bad even for a faith-based treatment the layers of negligence at work here are mind-boggling so according to a report in the Des Moines Register, Jacobson's father repeatedly contacted the pastor with concerns over the program's intent to take Alex off his prescribed medicine and urged them to at least forestall the treatment until his son could go to his scheduled outpatient treatments at the University of Iowa Hospital. Before checking in, even Alex himself expressed serious reservations, which led to a text from his pastor reading, quote, don't back out on this again, man, end quote. Ah, yes, all the encouragement what? of Luke trying to get you to jump off your roof into a pool that's too far to reach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on, well, man. Uh, if this pastor thing doesn't work out for this guy, he could always be Ted Cruz's running mate in 2020. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, after taking him off as all of his anxiety medicines cold turkey, they pushed ancient scripture on him for a week and a half until he stabbed himself in the neck with a box cutter. Now, he lived, and I'm pretty sure he's done with faith-based psychiatry. That's the good news. But I haven't told you the scariest part of the story yet. Jacobson is 26 years old, but the name of the program was The Teen Challenge. So while they made an exception in his case, they specialize in children. Fucking terrifying. No Awful. shit. Any chance they're going to get a backseas on this one? Like, oh, well, that didn't work. Back to pills, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think there was a no backseas clause. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in calories don't burn that hot news tonight. <laughs> Curves founder and a man who looks like an old bulldog ate a lemon, Gary Heaven, was on Jim Backer's show this week to promote his new movie, Amerigeddon. <laughs> he looks he looks like the liquid metal guy started doing amateur porn. <laughs> 
The movie, which we'll do on God Awful Movies the literal second it's available anywhere except Bunker TV, proposes that the United Nations is planning a nuclear EMP attack on the United States in order to impose martial law and begin confiscating firearms. Well, of what? course. What was Jade Helm for? I thought... <laughs> you know, that was step one. Because when it comes to secret military plans against the nation's own populace, it's the gym franchise owners that are usually the first to know. <laughs> like, where's he getting this shit? Did, 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 did fucking Brad Pitt and Francis McDormand find a floppy disk in the locker room? Guess he thought we might be worried about the national security of our shit. Of our shit. <laughs> While on the show, he even warned citizens that this was among the many insidious plots of the shadow government that was, quote, designed for women like you. <laughs> Citing, among other debunked claims, the Pentagon was hit by a missile and there's no way that building could fall down all on its own theories, solving the mystery of why the locker rooms and curves all over the country come with a scale, showers, and thermite charts. <laughs> right. Of course. I don't know why I need to know how hot it burns. This is confusing. And uh, those locker rooms also have a few of those rocking chairs from Burn After Reading. I believe. <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed right next to the entrance, but I'm pretty sure I saw one through a door from across the street where <laughs> the binoculars sure were, were uh, zoomed in correctly. That's definitely <laughs> what it was. <laughs> he concluded his section of the show by recommending people be on the lookout for the shadow government that is, quote, setting us up for disaster, end quote. People with pacemakers should start wearing EMP-proof suits and mm -hmm. Friday get-it-zoom-and-zumba class. <laughs> <laughs> and that's important, too. Also, not fact-checking. Yeah, strong Helps. recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have a new development in Eli's ongoing campaign to force Christian hate pastor Kevin Swanson to attend a gay wedding and smear shit all over his face. Kevin's face, not Eli's. Yeah. Which I mean, Swanson, I'm open to both. <laughs> which Swanson <laughs> promised he would do if one of his kids was going to get same-sex married. Mm -hmm. Of course, part of the project includes Eli using his irresistible gay seduction skills to court and marry one of Swanson's sons. I've been working which, on my caddy comments, and I'm shaved <laughs> as smooth as an ocean stone. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? That's a penny bouncing off me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds like it's going to be very successful. But in order to increase the odds of success even further, Eli and the liberal media conspiracy have been working on turning his daughter into a lesbian, you know, just in case plan A doesn't work out. And what better way to create more six-year-old lesbians than getting Disney to give Princess Elsa a girlfriend in Frozen 2? Uh. And uh, I'm really asking. This sounds great, but... Are there better ways to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eli, no. Hey, hold, hold. There are uh, multiple court orders specifically forbidding Eli from answering that question. The <laughs> FBI did. informed me as soon as we let him know that. Because never let me him. do anything. Go <laughs> <laughs> So apparently support for a lesbian cartoon ice princess is already swelling on Twitter with the hashtag give Elsa a girlfriend trending heavily. And, of course, that means there's also a bunch of Christian lunatics having a meltdown about this oh, yeah. and mounting a counter campaign. And the genius idea these homophobic activists came up with was... Kill Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> That's plan B, but yeah. They actually came up with the idea of, um, what about a male love interest for Elsa? Oh, yeah. that'd be new. So, yeah. Just in case Disney hadn't considered a 
heterosexual couple for their movie. <laughs> They've been tweeting about a prince who was born with a penis for Elsa. I see. Oh, hey. When you have a good thing going, I mean, they're pitching a no-hitter on straight characters in Disney movies right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I love it because, you know, rational people argue about who cartoon characters should fuck off screen. That's safe search off. <laughs> <laughs> We should we should all get together with a bunch of other podcasters and try to get like hashtag abort the straight embryos trending just to see what we can make Kevin Swanson smear on his face. <laughs> hashtag abort the straight embryos. Hashtag abort the straight embryos. <laughs> fly minions, fly. <laughs> Pretend you care as much about this as you do about midgetisms, 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 physism. So Noah started to guide us back. Yeah, getting back to the important issue here. The Shit face bet. That's the key. Um, here's a piece of Swanson's latest rant about this. And he seems to be offering big gay some advice, which was weird. Uh, quote, in order to bring down a civilization, you've got to be sure that you have homosexualized the four-year-olds and six-year-olds and eight-year-olds and ten-year-olds. You have to homosexualize the kids. What? End quote. And um, yeah, I'm not sure why it's just the even numbers. I was wondering um, the same but thing. he's saying we need to gayify at least half the young children. I, I guess, at least. I mean, we were already doing that, but still, why volunteer that information to us? I mean, maybe he's a secret fecophile. <laughs> I think my mission is clear. Uh, no, no, I do not think you do. Mm, understood. <laughs> Wink. Uh, no wink. I just want to be perfectly clear. <laughs> Eli. Eli, where's he going? Uh, oh, shit. Uh, uh, so, okay, so quick, while well, we forced all a series of costly way. lawsuits here, we're going to pause for a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. Where did we put the Halloween candy? <laughs> <laughs> a man wrote the Bible. A horse, what's your If it's a legitimate race. It's a slut, right? Cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Massachusetts. So I'm into this riddle thing, if only to give Eli catchy titles for YouTube. So here we go. What does a woman who wants an abortion in Louisiana need that a blind person who wants to go hunting does not? If your answer was a 72-hour waiting period, then give yourself two points and scream into a pillow. Because our first story tonight is that the Louisiana legislature passed a bill this past Wednesday increasing the mandatory abortion wait time from 24 hours to 72. The bill, which requires women to wait 72 hours after a state-mandated ultrasound, which, by the way, you may remember as the you-can-just-not-look-at-the-screen-of-your-precious-baby-as-it-holds-up-Bob-Dylan-signs-asking-you-not-to-kill-it law, is due to be signed by the Democratic governor and has received wide support among the Republican legislature. Legislative Director Deanna Wallace, who looks like Vin Diesel wearing a merkin on his head, Google it, y'all, it's a solid fucking comparison, said of abortion, quote, many of them regret the decision later in life, end quote, and that the measure was, quote, empowering them with additional time to consider all of their options, end quote. Now, apparently, Kingpin with a dead raccoon on her head didn't get a chance to Google the first part because it's totally fucking bullshit. So remember that after my eventual arrest for rear-naked choking Deanna in the back of her Chevy Nova. I was just empowering her with the additional time to consider all of her breathing options. Next up, we have a story from Canada where Fred King, polygamous cult leader and super bad extra who fell into a vat of duck fat, has pled guilty to nine counts of assault on his own parishioners, which he called corrections and chastisements. King's chastisements included stripping parishioners naked, punching and kicking children, spitting on them, and pouring water over their head. His admitted victims ranged in age between an 11-year-old boy and a 63-year-old woman. 
Among the charges that were withdrawn were six allegations of sexual misconduct. In two cases, the charges alleged repeated sexual assault. No explanation for not proceeding with them was offered in court, and Martin declined to comment until sentencing. But my guess is the explanation runs something along the lines of, we really wanted Lucinda to have some material this week. And finally tonight, and hey, you should tweet me the other side of this story news, a North Carolina pastor has been arrested for sexually assaulting a parishioner he was supposed to be counseling. According to the victim, who remains anonymous, Reverend Kenneth Darrell Worley came to her home and spoke to her for two hours, and at the end of the session asked if he could give her a hug. He then proceeded to try to force her back onto her couch, lick her neck, and grope her. You know, because nothing says, I really feel like we've made progress today, like trying to fuck your patient. The victim came forward because after months of police investigation, Worley, who's still senior pastor at his church, by the way, eventually faced a whopping charge of misdemeanor sexual battery. And while I go wait for some asset to tweet to me about uh, jurisprudence so I can throw my phone off a cliff, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in Zelda news tonight... Head of the Faith Christian Center and man who looks like he should be trying to sell you a timeshare at a rape zoo, Gene Linderfeld, offered his opinion on gamers this past week. Oh, did he? Linderfeld, who still tops as Garen, decided to take on the Xbox in his sermon this week, saying, quote, Don't even get me started on the Xbox and all of that. If you have calluses on your thumbs, you're a loser. If you're more than 18 years old and you're still jacking around with that stuff, and then he made the L gesture for loser. Oh. I think he's talking about video games. Also, I want to point out that that could relate to a lot of things. Well, I have calluses on my thumbs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Apparently his son convinced him that the calluses from jacking it are video game related. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. It's like playing the guitar, you know. You got to keep doing it several hours a day or else you lose your calluses and then it gets really painful. But I'm getting off track. You were talking about video games. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, son. How come your controller needs so much lubricant? It just does, Dad, okay? It does. <laughs> and if you weren't already totally convinced by a man who looks like he was fired from an Armenian cologne shop and uses the gestures of Smash Mouth, he then bemoaned the unmarried status of his female congregants, saying, quote, There are young girls in this church. Beautiful, beautiful Beautiful young girls, okay? And you know why they can't get a date? Because that retarded spirit got into young men. <laughs> okay, first of all, it's not about retarded spirits. It's about ethics in gaming journalism, okay? <laughs> all right? Shouldn't have to keep saying that. And um, another factor that might be playing a, a larger role than the developmentally disabled apparitions is the fact that playing Xbox is a lot more fun than going on dates and never getting your penis touched. Yeah, right, you know, right. Now that we have Grand Theft Auto, you can fuck in video games. Right. <laughs> but it gets better. Linderfeld, who wouldn't know a water temple if Navi told him, went on to suggest that the way for these young women, who he may or may not have thought was beautiful, I don't remember if he uh, mentioned it, but was to win these young men's affection by destroying their gaming consoles. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. Hmm. He said, quote, some of you women, you have my permission. Blame me. He come home. I'm talking about your husband come home and that's gone. And don't just throw it in the trash. He'll fish it out. You got to put it in the bathtub full of water before you throw it in the trash. What? 
Now, don't do that while it's plugged in. Oh, shit. <laughs> safety quote. first. White rabbit. <laughs> White rabbit. <laughs> Bright side is we are pretty safe in the knowledge that anybody stupid enough to listen to Linderfelt, who still hasn't unlocked the lost, will probably <laughs> ignore the last part. And-, and finally tonight, we have a story about a recent homophobic editorial from Coach Dave Dobenmeyer of Past the Salt Ministries. For those who aren't familiar, Coach Dave became the center of a legal controversy back in the late 90s after complaints that he was leading his public high school football team in Christian prayer. There were also complaints that he looks like Rip Torn's racist brother who models plus-size denim shirts for men. <laughs> Both true. <it laughs> and <turns laughs> and uh, apparently that whole scandal launched his hate speech career which continued to thrive last week with his latest column about how Roy Moore is actually a hero, how gay people can go fuck themselves, and how gay people may not go fuck themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Just another one of those completely straight guys who talks about gay sex all the time. I got it. I see. You know how much it disgusts me? Look at this erotica. You see it? I will read every word out loud while this Filipino boy forces this pair of anguish inside (laughs) Huh? That's how much I hate it! So normally we might ignore a story like this. It's just another Christian asshole using the Bible to justify dehumanizing large groups of people. It's not exactly news. Yeah, so. we only have an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh Mr. Dobenmeyer managed to pull this off with possibly the most densely packed series of genocidal analogies and accidental gay innuendo that I've ever seen <laughs> assembled together in a single article. Right. And I want to stress that last part. We're talking about an article, right. not a speech or an improvised answer during an interview. <laughs> this is a written, thought about my words ahead of time, edited them and wrote them down article. And uh, here's a few highlights, starting with a warning about how the gays have taken over the Supreme Court. According to Kim Davis with a goatee, quote, <laughs> this sodomy focused army is hell bent on removing all sexual standards of this nation. Their blitzkrieg through the courts would rival the cultural destruction of Sherman's march to the sea. End quote. <laughs> and this Armenian genocide of a lawsuit will have Yangzhou massacre level consequences on the rape of Nanking like policies from this Khmer Rouge of an administration. Oh, you fuck, have to wonder. Dude. Does he do this like all the time? Like, hi, Zappos. So this March of Tears pair of Uggs I ordered has been nothing but hoot toot 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 child soldier Gilmore girls. I want a refund. <laughs> he probably wouldn't say Gilmore girls. Probably too not. Far. The rest too of it, far. though, yeah. So, uh, yeah, quick review. Gay people got one equal right, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the same thing as a bloody campaign that helped the North win the Civil War. <laughs> right, yes. Oh, oh, wait, that's really confusing. It's also like the Nazi takeover of Poland. <laughs> oh, okay. Nailed it. Everybody's got it. Perfect. And based on this knowledge, uh, third base coach who uses a chair decided to write our 30 seconds bit this week and added that this genocidal army of, quote, sexual deviants is planning to, quote, ramrod sexual anarchy down the throats of mainstream America penis butt sex end quote <laughs> right again thought about these words, words in advance I swear there's some fantasy poll among right wing assholes about who can get 30 seconds on the clock every week just Jim Baker and Swanson just cleaning up every week <laughs> right. god damn it Jim <laughs> yeah so obviously we've already got those 30 seconds on the clock we're looking for 
other Freudian slips from homophobic Christian articles by Coach Dave, who loves the cock and should learn to embrace it. <laughs> Go. All right. How about uh, on Jesus is a Bukaki goalie? None shall come upon the Lord except through the holes in Jesus's palms. Yeah, he's good, but some always squirts through, I guess. <laughs> uh, let the Lord come inside you. It's his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, lay before the Lord and let Jesus milk the prostrate? <laughs> <laughs> Kneel before the Lord or, you know, have him lie on the bed. Whatever works. <laughs> you can take the body of Christ in the mouth or the hand as long as it's from a priest. And you swallow it with some blood. Oh, God. <laughs> it just kept getting worse. Um, how about, get on your knees, for the Lord is behind you and wishes to comfort you with his staff. Do not let your child be drawn into the secular spread, no matter how gaping and inviting. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more. What about, America is a Christian nation. We should be hearing about Santorum on the exit polls. <laughs> <laughs> And quick, while we try not to visualize that joke, we're going to close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. 3D Chess. And when we come back, we'll kick back and enjoy some really adorable bigotry. Mr. Christ, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm afraid we're running a little late, so we'll have to be quick. Uh Uh-huh, sorry about that. The... The tree in your waiting room doesn't have any fruit, so I had to yell at it for a bit. I might kill it. Yeah, sure. It's ornamental. Ooh, uh, I don't think they like that word anymore. I think you're supposed to say Asian. It's proper nomenclature. Moving on. What brings you to the accounting firm of Finkelstein and Bloom? Yeah, well, Lou Dobbs was on O'Reilly this week, and he compared me to Donald Trump, and he pointed out that I've never done my tax returns. So I figured, you know, any chance to prove Lou Dobbs wrong, right? So here I am. Absolutely, sure. So tell me, do you have receipts, expense reports, W-2s? What are we looking at? Uh, yeah, so uh, here are my W-2s from my appearance fees this year. Mm. So you've written W-2 on top of these news articles. Uh, right. I see you mm-hmm. appeared on some toast on the side of a cow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and appeared with your mother in the clouds several times this year. Right. How much did you gross from that? I mean, well, nothing. I mostly just like show up for old Latino ladies. It's not... Sure, sure. Um, well, why don't we move on from this for the moment and look at your expenses? Sure. Okay, so here we go. I see quite a bit here from Dave's Glove Emporium. Yeah, yeah, kind of needed to. Um, holes in the hands make it hard to hold stuff, you know. Hmm. Of course, but I don't know if I'll be able to write any of this off. Let's see, we've, we've got um, frankincense, copy paper for unanswered prayers, uh, myrrh? Is this myrrh? Mm, yeah, I love myrrh. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. Christ, but there just doesn't seem to be much I can do for you. Uh, really? I, even though I died for your sins, that was like a, a whole thing. Well, n- not mine. I'm Jewish. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Sorry about the hands holes, yeah, though. Y- you people killed me. Thanks to the ceaseless and boundless awesomeness of our listeners, we reached our $2,000 goal on Patreon last weekend, which means Eli's already hard at work ensuring that soon, in a relative sense, every episode will be loaded up to YouTube along with segments broken down into playlists for you to share and or binge on. And of course, among the upcoming videos will be one of us consuming the bucket of apocalypse feed that we've already ordered from Jim Baker's Apocalypse Feed Emporium because... There's no better way to celebrate our move back to New York than three years worth of chemically induced diarrhea. Of course, 
During our Matreon pledge drive, a number of listeners have reached out to ask why we don't pursue advertising as an additional means of revenue. And while we have been approached by a number of advertisers in the past, there's always some kind of nonsense about, you know, having to advertise products you don't like or refraining from profanity during the ads or not telling people a product or service is fucking stupid no matter how fucking stupid it is. That being said... We do have to explore all our options, so we thought we would give advertising a try today and see if we were any good at it. All right. um, Let's try uh, audible.com. Most of the great courses were recorded through a wall of Triscuits. (laughs) Also, we have radio now. (laughs) I love great courses. (laughs) Naturebox.com. Feed this granola to your unvaccinated child. (laughs) (laughs) They're peanut butter (laughs) num-nums. Casper Mattresses. Stores totally want to carry our awesome mattresses. We just won't let them. (laughs) Dollar Shave Club. Because if we say it enough times, you'll think buying razors is more of a pain in the ass than shaving with sharpened (laughs) tinfoil. Blue Apron. The lack of food waste totally makes up for the environmental impact of having FedEx deliver you a zucchini and some pepper. (laughs) Uh, That one website with the glasses that darken in the sun. Because people who are afraid to go buy glasses spend a lot of time outside. (laughs) Squarespace.com. Create a shitty business card for your band before it breaks up too late. (laughs) (laughs) Bonobos. We stole a box of a gay guy's clothes. You should try them on and then send them back to us. (laughs) How many penises have been in these pants before? (laughs) So yeah, probably not going to pay the bills with advertising dollars. So if you'd like to help keep the show ad-free and help keep us from having to shill for mail-order chicken nuggets or whatever, please consider making a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, where you'll learn early access to an extended edition of every episode, plus get other shit sometimes. We're fast approaching our live tour goal, and you can help make it a reality. And now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Curves. All right, ladies, everyone get in line for Conspiracy Cardio. My name is Brick, and I've never learned anything that wasn't a photo with words on it. And today, we're going to start with some nice stretches of the truth. That's right. Get your arms up over your head and stretch the fact that Building 7 fell down like it was just a normal day and nothing could have caused it. That's right, ladies. Really feel yourself stretching that cognitive dissonance. Alrighty, now, let's reach way down into the bowels of the internet and breathe. Breathe. Drop to your knee if this is too intense. Excellent. Really, get at those YouTube videos with the terrible Photoshop circles. What are those, people? Debris? No, they're explosives. How do you know? Because you feel it in your gut. Excellent. Really let it burn. Okay, now let's turn up the heat. Five, six, five, six, seven, eight, and accuse and comment. And run away. And post a meme and comment. And run away. You're not commenting, Karen. Really respond to your niece about how you can't trust the mainstream media. Good. Good. Keep it up, people. That's right. I'm looking at you, Harold. I'm looking at you. And five, four, three, two, one. And never comment on that thread again. Woo! Good work, people. All right, let's take a quick unfluoridated water break. And just a reminder, tomorrow is anti-vax mommy baby yoga for those of you who still have kids that are still alive. On God Awful Movies, the challenge is often to truncate our rage and keep every episode from blooming into a five-hour bitch fest. And a video recently made the rounds that really demonstrated that fact. Despite being all of two minutes and 11 seconds long, it was packed with so much hate and bigotry that it could damn near spawn an hour-long episode of Gam all by itself. Now, 
normally we dispense with this kind of stuff in the headlines, but this particular video was so vile that I do believe the folks over JW.org may have inspired a recurring segment on this show, a mini-gam, if you will. So with that in mind, Heath and Eli, are you ready to tear this 131-second video a new one? (laughs) Gam on. Let's do it. All right. So let's start it off as we always do. Tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? All right. We watched... Become Jehovah's Friend Lesson 22, mm-hmm. One Man, One Woman, <laughs> which seems like the result of the J-Dubs trying to turn a gay intervention lynching video into a cartoon <laughs> with a PG rating so they could show it to more kids. I- <laughs> and they finally got approved for this thing after like 50 versions that were all too murdery. <laughs> Here we have 51. This one was exactly murdery Take the enough. blood out entirely. Just take the whole blood out. <laughs> <laughs> and the pepper spray and the razors. Okay, well done. Now, if you want to see the video before we break it down, it's only 2 minutes 11 seconds. Like I said, it's linked on the show notes, and we're willing to wait for you, and you're back. So, Eli, tell us, how bad was this video? Well, if you ever thought to yourself, man, I love Wally, but it wasn't hate crimey enough. Well, you're in <laughs> luck, because that's what this video is. Yeah. So the video is going to start with a uh, little girl in pigtails looking at the uh, My Family drawings in class when she notices that one of these drawings has <gasps> two mommies. And oh. clearly she is pissed about this. This has offended her deeply. Sure am glad that everyone's family is exactly like mine. Well, what? Pixar yeah, right. double take at lesbians. She <laughs> scowls at the drawing of these two moms like her candy bar wouldn't fall out of the vending machine. <laughs> She's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to ask my swarthy, mixed-raced, super-hot mom about this. <laughs> Please send your Rule 34 porn of the mom to Bosnick <laughs> at gmail.com. Eli Murr, send it right there. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going yeah, to meet mom now. So we, we show back up at the house where mom is... Coloring organic yarn pamphlets. What? Um, but then she lays it on mom that Carrie drew two mommies on her picture. Yeah. And then goes on to explain, my teacher says that all that matters is people love each other and that they're happy. And the t- and mom's like, no. Yeah, right. We can't have any of that, <laughs> that shit. No. Not this how is Jehovah the opposite all. of all the other cartoons. Not at all how it works. <laughs> And I also I love how racially ambiguous these characters are. It's like they're saying it doesn't matter if you're white, slightly brown, or kind of Filipino looking. We can all hate fags together. <laughs> also, I love the mom in this moment goes. People have their own ideas about what is right and what is wrong, and I, I love that they have to pull this way abstract because even children watching this were going to be like, "That's bullshit." So, right. Well, right, right, because what they're having a fight against is as long as people love each other and they're happy, it doesn't matter. And they're going <laughs> no to that. I mean, yeah, that seems hard to disprove. So. Maybe we could have a question of ontology, big words you don't know. <laughs> yeah, she says, it doesn't matter what we think. It What matters is how Jehovah feels. Uh, so basically, <laughs> this is also where they ran out of animation budget, so we just get still images yeah. from here out. Uh, so she explains that God invented marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then it says a bunch of like Bible passages about marriage, but none of the parts that are like super murdery. They don't use like the stone, the gaze or the, you know, it's an abomination. They're just like, stand by your man. In Genesis 224, God sings that song that lounge singers sing. Yeah, right, right. God said a man will stick to his wife. Cue Superman that hoe. And I also love that the idea here is like, but God knows best how to make us happy. Like you wrote in this book, and I'm like, yeah. Have you ever seen a happy gay person? Thought not. 
Thought not. Checkmate. <laughs> Holy shit. She says, Jehovah's standards haven't changed. Like like a fat friend who, even though he's fat and works at a car wash, still wants to hit on 19-year-olds. Yep. Like, come on, man. I'm not the football captain anymore. <laughs> And we get two different visuals here. First, we get the visual of, of Adam and Eve. And um, Adam has tiny little Marco Rubio hands. They are <laughs> creepy. They're terrifying. And then they show us Jesus because, you know, later Jesus said the same thing about this. Mm-hmm. And apparently Jesus would often preach in front of his modern high-rise apartment what with glass f- windows. The fuck was they that? drew this. This is an animation. Right, yeah, exactly. It's not like they had to build a set or anything to get rid of the anachronisms. Fucking hilarious. And I love, too, that the mom goes like, that's why Jehovah created marriage the way he did. And the little girl goes, you mean one man, one woman? It was like, well, one man, sure. I've read the Bible. (laughs) One man, one slave. One man, one rape victim. One man, one dead brother's wife. There's a lot of things. The key is not one man, one man. Exactly, exactly. One woman, one ghost rapist. It's all, it's all. (laughs) Oh my God. And and I know we've already touched on this, but this mother could not possibly be more of an animated fuck doll. (laughs) Yeah. Holy. Shit. And then I, she throws down this analogy that I, I, I don't even get where the fuck they were going with, but she's like, but being gay is like going on an airplane. And I'm like, I'm writing in my nose, I'm dying to know where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, being gay is like knitting needles or a water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, is airplane the gay biplane? Do they know about a bonus erogenous zone or something? I, you mean I gay people it. are like terrorists with a bomb in their luggage? Yes, yes. they are. That is what I mean. That's right. Exactly what and like. while we're, is she saying, and like, what if somebody wanted to go on an airplane and wanted to take something they weren't allowed, like butt sex or whatever? And we get this image of a guy walking through a, a, a metal detector. The alarm goes off. I'm like, is that gaydar? Yeah. Is that what people mean by that? I've There's never seen it. Literally a gaydar checkpoint at the front of heaven, apparently. <laughs> and you're not allowed to walk around the side of it either. Like, right, I, yeah. You can see the, the way you're picturing it. It seems like gay people just walk around the side. And no, yeah. Because, you know, nobody's watching the checkpoint. But no, you have to go right through it. Well, Drop off your butt sex. What if the rules on the airplane were made up by the pilot arbitrarily based on something he absolutely could control well then that pilot would be an asshole yeah he? right exactly and and then we get our little image of heaven which is uh T- tahiti yeah i guess playing in a pool and they can't show a version of heaven because heaven's stupid as shit as a concept <laughs> right. or super pornographic and wouldn't have made it to you <laughs> But the, the the key is, though, that in heaven, you'll get to jump in the water over and over again, and other kids will be jumping in right behind you. <laughs> anyway, also, Jehovah wants to be our friends, so we have to conform to his prejudices so he'll like us. That's not how friends work. I'm sorry. Leave your bag of gay behind and you can be friends. So. <laughs> Some of my best friends are bigots. This is not how it works. <laughs> that means leaving anything Jehovah doesn't approve of behind. And I wrote, like the Amalekites. And I wanted a little <laughs> image of like him smashing a baby's heads on the rocks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, now the little girl is worried as a demonstration of how horrible this is to tell the children because she goes, but I want everybody to get to Paris and she's like yeah god doesn't it's weird because i'm supposed to like your friend more than you and you recognize that this system is broken but we're just come on we're gonna animate some animals for you just yeah move right it forward. yeah but don't worry you can totally talk people out of being gay and if they have gay parents all they have to do is disown those parents and it's all good with jehovah yeah, yeah. exactly which is what she fucking tells him she says well you know jehovah wants everyone to go to paradise too so let's get our pitchforks sweetie before they spread their gayness any further yeah, i wrote my notes oh yeah mom stop being straight wow yeah, right. that was easy <laughs> mom, i think you're gay 
You're gay. You did that real fast. <laughs> this is perfect. I'll t- I'll tell Carrie about heaven and the resurrection and how hetero fucking works. I think this is this is right. going to work. Well, and that's the most fucked up thing is that at the end of this, the mom turns to the kid and says, "So what can you say to Carrie?" They are actually saying, "Go tell your friend her moms are going to hell." Right. <laughs> Holy shit. Or to prophetize. Yeah, exactly. And of course, the little girl goes, well, I could tell her about the paradise and I could tell her about the animals. And yeah, I could tell the her animals. I have no fucking idea. I guess they just there were mean, animals in the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's talking donkeys and shit. That's that's probably appeals to kids. But uh, yeah, yeah, I have no fucking idea. And then, of course, mom says, well, that's awesome. What a spectacular little homophobe I've wrought. And then she's like, let's practice. Here's a rock. Imagine Scruffy was a lesbian. How do you practice <laughs> homophobia? And then it closes out. And uh, if you were hoping for a basic instinct upskirt shot of the mom who is super hot, they totally tease you with it, but it fades out too early. <laughs> yeah, that was so don't bastards. even bother spending fifteen minutes. Five dollars short of that animator's budget. <laughs> I guess so. He kept that one for himself. And on that terrifying note, the video ends. Now, obviously, if we tried to thumbs down this video as hard as it deserves, we put a hole through our screen. So, in lieu of a rating system, I'm going to ask you this: What educational video could you make for a child that would have had a worse message than this one? With or for? Four, four, okay, okay. Uh, how about sockets and pennies? Tingly fun for the whole family. (laughs) Um, what about Jewish baby blood prevents autism? Oh god! With guest star Andrew Wakefield. Right. Just an animated Andrew Wakefield with a bunch of papers falling out of his briefcase. Right, yeah, him and Ahmadinejad hand in hand. It would be great. And with one blood shard of a PSA behind us, we've got no choice but to leave you. With the Breakfast Club clothes. The former sodomite left his bag of butt sex behind and did a hetero cannonball into the lake of heaven. (laughs) Carrie beat the crap out of Dora the Watchtower Explorer, who later outgrew religion and was shunned by Jada Pinkett Smith. (laughs) Jada... Before we grab the washcloth tonight, I want to remind everybody that Reason Rally is right around the corner. Saturday, June 4th, Washington, D.C., probably going to be the biggest gathering of atheists in this country's history. But if you weren't there, too, we would still miss you. Google it, book your hotel, book your flight, do your shit, and come hang out with us at the Crystal City After Party. And remember, this isn't just movement masturbation here. A big enough group of atheists gathered in D.C. this close to a presidential election where the primaries just demonstrated the waning power of the religious right can make a real tangible difference. You can be a part of that, and you're going to have a lot of fucking fun doing it. Anyway, that's all the Last me we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, and a brand or newer episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting 24 hours after that. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. Eli's putting up a ton of good shit there, so definitely your best source of bonus scathism at the moment. Obviously, it just wouldn't be an episode if I didn't thank Heath for being the cheech to my chong, Lucinda for being the angels to my Charlie, and Eli for being the chicken Chinatown to my that chick's dad. Take that however you want it. I also want to thank Conrad, Mike, and Glenn from the Grilled Onions podcast for providing this week's Farnsworth quote complete with the uh, 
the music that porn sites put you on hold to. If you'd like to check out their show, of course, we'll have a link for that on the show notes for this episode. But most of all, of course, I need to thank this week's best people, Christian, Jessica, Michael, Jordan, Swordmouth, Jesus, Wilson, Jr., Thomas, Chris, Samir, Angelica, Paul, Brad, The Skeptic Feminist, Christina, Matthew, Rick, Johnny, John, Garrett, Mark, and Richard. Christian, Jessica, Michael, Jordan, Swordmouth, Jesus, Wilson, Jr., and Thomas, who are so bright they give gamma ray bursts absolute magnitude envy. Chris, Samir, Angelica, Paul, Brad, The Skeptic Feminist, and Christina, whose IQs have more digits than their extremities. And Matthew, Rick, Johnny, John, Garrett, Mark, and Richard, whose cock rings can only be described as Saturnian. Together, these 21 wonderful, wondrous wonders and oneness help keep the world safe from whatever Eli would otherwise do with the time this podcast takes up by giving us money. It takes a groovy kind of love to give us money, but if you believe yourself to be sufficiently groovy or just want to know how groovy you are, feel free to find out by making a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist or a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of our homepage. And if your donation doesn't get rejected, you must be pretty fucking groovy. And if you'd like to help but all this talk of grooviness is giving you a disco flashback that's going to force you to invest that money on psychiatric treatment, you can also help us out a ton for free by giving us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast rating vehicle of choice. You can also help out by liking our Facebook page, following us on Twitter, subscribing to us on YouTube, and or telling a friend about the show. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at skatingatheist.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by yours truly, and yes, I did have my permission. I wish I had that shit on video. <laughs> mm.